We're wrapping up this series on the songs of Christmas, and this is a little bit shorter service today as far as that, but how many of you enjoy getting gifts? All right, they're good. Uh, like I said, like we're that, so our gift to you is the cookies and the hot chocolate, uh, but I want to kind of take this in a little bit different direction today. I'm going to talk about what ifs. How many of you know there's a lot of what if questions? Anybody ever go through those in your head? What if this and what if that? You know, for people that are dreamers, how many of you know what if is a favorite dream? Like, oh man, what if we could do this and what if we could do that? How about, I'm just going to go over a few what if questions. What if you actually won $200 million? (laughs) Have you ever played that in your mind? What would I do? Tell somebody next to you, if you won $200 million, what's the first thing that you would buy? Aside aside from tithing to the church and giving your pastor a gift. (laughs) After that, what's the first thing that you would do? So tell somebody what it is. Paying off bills. Anybody say that one right there? Any young people say pay off student loans? Yeah. (laughs) Or even older, you can pay off student loans. Those things hound you to death, right? So uh, I I just thought, I actually looked up some silly what-if questions. So uh, there was a bunch of them, but I just thought I'd go over a few of them. What if your dog could actually talk? How weird would that be? You'd be like silencing him like you can't repeat anything. You'd walk in and your dog's like, hey girl. (laughs) That'd be a little weird, wouldn't it? What if everything you touch actually did turn to gold? Yeah, that's the Midas touch, right? That's not a good thing. That's actually not a good thing at all. Uh, What if every time you got scared, you fainted? (laughs) Just like the goat. Don't you guys like watching fainting goat videos? Anybody else? I mean, it's hysterical. If, if I knew somebody fainted like that, you wouldn't want to come to church here because I'd be looking for opportunities <laughs> to scare you. So uh, what if this, you know, what if you could breathe underwater? I know Aquaman there, right? I guess he's bombing in the box office. Who cares, right? Uh, uh, but that would be crazy if you could dr- uh, breathe underwater, wouldn't it? What would you do if you did that? What if one day you woke up and you were as tiny as a mouse? Remember uh, the honey, I shrunk ourselves, kids, and all of that stuff? So uh, that wouldn't be fun. What if you could actually see one hour into the future? Like, like one hour. Oh, man, that way you would never have to say this again. I didn't see that coming. Right? Because you'd see it. What if you could go back in time at any point in your life and change events? That's something that a lot of people, man, if I could just go back, I wouldn't do this, or I would do this, or... All kinds of things. I'd buy more Tesla stock or, uh, you know, Microsoft or who knows what, Apple stock. Uh, All of those things you can think about. How about this one? What if dinosaurs were alive today? Like, you know, we, we may, you may enjoy the Jurassic Park movies and stuff, but one of my favorite lines from that, like, oh, it's all fun and games, but eventually there's a bunch of running and screaming. I wouldn't like that. How about this one? What if pizza actually made you healthier? Somehow somebody got a picture of me eating pizza. I didn't even see it. So uh, why are you guys laughing? (laughs) Okay, how about this? What if anybody you touched, you could make them fly? Right, a little fairy dust on me right there. Uh, Here's one that's a little scary, especially with AI coming out and becoming uh, more prevalent. What if computers actually became smarter than humans? 
Right? It's like, I don't know. None of, the, none of the Terminator things look fun, so I don't know if I'd want to do that. A couple of weeks ago, my wife was talking to Abby, our granddaughter, uh, about eating. She was eating mashed potatoes. She goes, you realize you're here today because of potatoes. Because my wife's, I don't know what it is, great, great or whatever, grandparents were Irish and they lived during the potato famine and actually that's why they migrated over to the U.S. So it's interesting when you think about these what ifs. What if this didn't happen? What if that didn't happen? What about Christmas what ifs? And the kids aren't in here to enjoy, enjoy this, but what if Christmas was only parents got gifts? I asked, uh, we were, uh, had Abby and Levi, our grandkids, at our house yesterday, and we're like, oh, what if we got rid of all the gifts that had the name Abby on it, or Levi? They didn't appreciate that idea, so, uh, but how many of you know, what if questions, it can be daydreaming, but it's also regrets. We all have regrets, right? What if I'd studied for that test, or what if, what if I actually chose the right friends rather than the friends I did choose? And got me into trouble. Anybody know what I'm talking about there? Uh, what if I had turned down that invite to that a party? What if I turned down that first beer, that first smoke of marijuana? And I don't know if you guys saw, there was a line coming out of the marijuana store. That's sad, right? There should be a line coming into the church, amen? So I'm glad you guys are here. Uh, what if I never made that mistake? What if I'd have kept my mouth shut? That's the story of my life, especially when I was younger. I had a smart mouth. I know that's hard to find, but uh, I got, my mouth got me more in trouble than anything else. So uh, what if I had been a better parent? In this Christmas stories, we're going to look at this story, and we're going to look at some what-ifs. Uh, so I want to start out uh, in Luke chapter 1. It says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth in a village in Galilee to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. I mean, that would kind of freak you out right there, right? Uh, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think uh, what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. And Mary asked the angel, but how can that happen? I'm a virgin. And the angel replied, this is, this is how it's going to happen. Here's the plan. The Holy Spirit's going to come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, set apart, right? He will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth will become pregnant in her old age. People uh, used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month, for the word of God never fails. And Mary, this is her response, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Travel many more. 
cold and weary with a baby inside and I wonder what I've done Holy Father you have come and chosen me now to carry your son. I am waiting in a silent prayer. I am frightened by the Lord I bear in a world as cold as stone. Must I walk this path alone? Be darkness pour over me 
Aren't you glad that Mary said yes? I, I think about that. Mary wasn't married. Uh, she wasn't married. Uh, the angel showed up and says, guess what? You're going to have a baby. Uh, I think about this. What if Mary had said, no way, not me. I'm not doing it. I'll serve God some other way. A lot of times people have this idea. Oh, God, I know you may want me to do it, but pick somebody else. I, I think that's an attitude we sometimes have. But listen, God calls us. God has a purpose for us. And I believe even if Mary would have said no, Jesus would have still come. He would have found somebody else. God's not going to punish all humility, uh, humanity simply because of one person's unwillingness. All right? But aren't you glad that she was willing? She was, if she didn't, uh, she would have still been around the time Jesus was born. Uh, she would not have been a part of the Christmas story. It's like she would have been this close to Jesus but would have missed it. And when I think about that, still today, there are these people that are that close to Jesus, and yet they miss it. They celebrate the holiday. Oh, it's Christmas. We, uh, we decorate. We talk about it. Maybe you even put up a manger scene, but they miss out on the real miracle of Christmas. It really is about Jesus. We don't want to be the person that misses it by that much. Uh, so Mary and Joseph, they headed to Bethlehem. Because of the government requiring of a census, which made, forced them basically to go. And in Luke chapter 6, and while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him, I love this version, snugly strips of cloth. And doesn't that just sound comfortable? Now that we have our uh, three new grandkids, they're all like in these things that wrap them up like that. I'm like, that looks uncomfortable. Uh, but obviously that's a good thing for babies. So they wrapped him in that, laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. And, and then you think about this again. What if there was room for him in the end? What if there was room? Uh, and I think God planned that. I don't know how he did that, but it's like, I'm going to make sure that that inn is full because there's actually a reason for him to be born in a stable. He wasn't born in a palace even though we know he wasn't just a king. How many of you know he was the king of kings and the Lord of lords? And not just was, he still is, right? He wasn't born in a nice hotel, a hospital. He was born in a stable, in a, uh, placed in a manger. And, and I think we all know a manger is just simply a feeding box for cows just to stick their wet. I don't, have you ever seen the nose of a cow? It's nasty, it's slimy, it's snotty, it's disgusting. And uh, let me just, I'm, I'm going to wrap my wife out. When we were in Colorado, uh, she, she proposed a contest that the senior pastor, myself, and the youth pastor, we raised money for uh, whoever would kiss a cow. And uh, it, I don't know how that got passed, but all three of us ended up doing it on the nose, but I wiped his whole nose with my sleeve, and then it was disgusting, but it was better my sleeve than my face, so... Uh, let me just say, I have a different view of cows because of that. 
And uh, their st- cows stuck their nose in mangers. Their big old tongue slobbering all over that. And then you're going to lay a baby in it? Have you ever thought about that? That's not the most sterile of environments because we do make the nativity scene. It looks beautiful. There's my picture right here. It looks beautiful and peaceful. And I like how the cow's looking lovingly down at Jesus. Or that he's like, what is that baby doing in my food? Right? I don't know what it is. Like the cattle are lowing like they're making some kind of a nice rhythmic no no they were probably like you know they're not there was nothing calm and bright about that night let's face it they're in a barn how many of you have been in a barn with animals is it nice and quiet and peaceful would you like no they're loud they're annoying and uh and and they do other things that cause smells too right so we sing it but it wasn't silent but guess what that's where the son of god was born That's where God chose to put him. You know, those of you that are in real estate or know about it, what's the three words? Location, location, location. Which, you know what? As a church, we got such a great location right out where nobody comes by unless you happen to come by on purpose. But location is important. God knew that way before real estate. And there's a reason God didn't have Jesus born in a palace because if he had been born in a palace, guess who would have had access to him? Just those that are wealthy, the connected, those who had... You're not going to just let anybody in. The elite would only be able to be there. So Jesus was born in a stable, and I believe the reason for that is so that anyone and everyone would have access to him. Amen? That's what Jesus... uh, That's God's plan. The chosen audience... Uh, for that first amount, announcement, wasn't the religious leaders, wasn't all the, the hooty-tooty people. It was shepherds out in the field. And in Luke chapter 2, that night there were angels staying in the field nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy for all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped in a manger in strips of cloth. Suddenly the angels were joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased.
you stand up for this last verse? Let's stand. Christ by heart is heaven adored. Christ the everlasting Lord. Wait in time, behold him come. I'll spring the virgin's Aren't you glad that angels came singing glory to God in the highest and peace on earth? When the angels had returned to heaven, the, oh, let me get that back here. When they had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Yeah, they were excited about it, wouldn't you be? I don't know what they did with the sheep. You know, we're going to leave the sheep to themselves. They're going to Bethlehem. They said, let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village, found Mary and Joseph, and the baby lying in the manger. Think about this. What if the angels never sang to the shepherds? 
What if the angels, or what if the shepherds weren't invited at all? Like, hey, listen, we're not going to the shepherds. You know, they're just out there. I know we make the shepherds a special part of the story. In our Christmas drive through you see we got shepherds out there. Uh, they were the first part uh, of the, the ones that got to see Jesus. Not the religious leaders, not royalty, not the political leaders. The first people that got to lay eyes on the baby Jesus, other than Mary and Joseph, were shepherds. Have you ever thought about that? That's amazing. We make them the heroes. Those days, we know shepherds were the zeros, right? They were nobodies. They were basically the outcasts. They had the lowest. They had the worst job. But God sent the angels to them first to reveal the Messiah. Jesus, I believe that, that by the fact that he was born in a stable and that he revealed it first to shepherds is evident that Jesus was, that, that there are no favorites in the God's kingdom. How many of you know we're all on even ground with him? Right? There's nobody, oh, well, I've got a better connection. Sometimes as a pastor, I have people say, I've heard this phrase before, it's been a while, hey, can you put in a word for me with the big man upstairs? As though I've got a better connection than anybody else. How many of you know we all got the same phone? I don't have the bat phone to God that uh, you guys don't have. We all have prayer. We all have access. And I believe that is why he came in that way, the way he did. And I know there may be some that say, you know what? Uh, I don't have the same access because, Pastor, you don't understand the things that I've done. How many of you know you're wrong? All right? There's a lot of, I don't deserve this. Uh, listen, don't ever get into the deserving game because how many of you know none of us deserve anything? Everything that we have from God is by His grace, by His mercy. So, you know, if you want to play that card, I'll say, you're right, you don't deserve it, but neither do I. But you know what God says? I've paid the price, so you are welcome. God wants us in there. You may think God doesn't have time for you. I've heard people say this too, like, I don't want to bother God with my problems. Uh, Listen, God is big enough to hear every one of our problems at the same time. You may not be able to understand it, but that's because we're not God. We have finite minds. He's infinite. Amen? So Jesus has got time for each and every one of us. You, as a matter of fact, you are the reason he came. Every one of you, if you're watching online, you're the reason he came to earth. Born in a stable, not a palace, visiting the nobodies of society. And guess what? Much later, the wise men came from the east uh, bringing expensive gifts. And I love that. From the lowest of society to the highest, everybody was invited. Amen? Jesus is approachable. He's available to everybody. Everybody fits with Jesus. I think, why do I keep saying that? Because a lot of times, people carry around their sin, maybe their guilt, their shame, and we sometimes disqualify ourselves from God's presence. Right By our own attitudes, by our own thing, and the enemy condemns you, and you know sometimes your own heart condemns you to where we feel like we have to stay back at a distance, but Jesus is saying, I want everybody to come. I want every, if you're a leader in society, or if you're the bottom of the social ladder, Jesus wants you and I, amen? Aren't you think, that's why we celebrate Christmas. We don't have to be special to come to him. So what if, so what about this? What if the shepherds came and they saw a baby and they walked away and they're like, it's just a baby in a stinky shelter here laying in a manger. Like the, she- uh, the shepherds weren't used to being the first ones. 
They were always the last, and it's like, I don't know if they thought maybe everybody got this invite to come see the baby, and they got there, and nobody else was there except for Mary, Joseph, and this baby. Like, maybe we're in the wrong place. Have you ever gone somewhere and nobody was there, and you're like, uh, maybe this is the wrong place. Uh, maybe this isn't it. But they got there, and that announcement they didn't just walk away. As they came in their barns, like I said, their eyes were the first to make contact with Jesus. Not realizing that, that his eyes, he would heal the blind eyes. He would raise the lame to walk. He would raise the dead and uh, give his life as a ransom for many. <laughs> you can step over. Thank you. 
That's awesome. They didn't leave. They knew that there was something to this babe. Uh, let me just say this. It wasn't because there was some glow about him. Some paintings we have, there was no halo going around Jesus. But it was simply at the, what the angels said, and they came and they found it, just like they said. One last one. What if Jesus never came? Have you ever thought about that? What if the whole story never happened? What if God decided not to ascend? What if he said, you know what, forget it. They're not worth it. I'm not putting my son through the pain and the humiliation. It's not worth it to have a, a relationship with these people. They're just going to fall away anyway. How many of you know God knew what was going to happen? That's why he sent him. That's the whole point of Jesus. But think about what if, Jesus, what if that never did happen? If he didn't come, looking back at the announcement the angels made, he said, the Savior... Yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in the uh, city of David. That means if Jesus never came, none of us would have a Savior. We'd have no hope in this world. I mean, you can ask those that have done lifeguarding. They say the most difficult people to save are the ones that think that they're strong and they don't need to be saved. I don't need that. I'm good. Uh, you know, all kinds of people in our world don't think they need saved. Atheists, we talk about that. I don't know if you've ever seen any of their bumper stickers, but I've seen one that said, save from what? I don't need to be saved from anything. One said, save from your followers. Uh, one person put, smile, there's no hell. Well, don't, I don't want to be there when they're at the end. But there's also those that are just self-righteous, like say, I'm basically a good person. Pastor, you don't understand. I've never killed anybody. I've never really stolen anything. So, so I'm a pretty good person. And then they like to use the comparison game. Compared to this person, I'm a really good person. How many of you know there's always somebody you can compare yourself? I mean, there is, there is everyone and all. How many of you know that includes every one of us that has ever lived, that ever will live? Uh, if we fall short, that means we cannot make it to heaven on our own. We're not going to be able to get there. Not enough good things you could do. Oh, let me try to do all these good things. Uh, and let me say this as well. Believing in God is not enough either, is it? That's not even enough. There's a lot of people, you meet them, oh, I believe in God. But yet they have yet to surrender their lives to him. There is a difference between belief and faith. You get that, right? The Bible says this in James chapter 2, verse 19. Oh, there we go. There's some difference. You have faith, so he's talking to the people, you've got faith, or you say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God, good for you, this is always gets me, even the demons believe this and they tremble in terror. So belief is simply to acknowledge that something is real, faith means to trust the things you believe in, right? There's a little bit of a difference. I, I saw this statistic here, one third of U.S. adults believe in some kind of a higher power, actually more than that, but not, 80% uh, believe that there is some kind of a God out there. Some kind of a higher power, whether you're Buddhist, Muslim, uh, worship, nature, the sun god, or whatever. So 23% of that 80 believe in some other higher power. But 56% of people in America believe in the God of the Bible. Like the God that's in the Bible, I believe in that. Do you know what that means? It means that 56% of Americans believe the same thing as demons. 
letting that one sink in. You're like, wait a minute, what? Listen, it's not a wrong belief. The demons believe it because they know it's true. But there's a lot of people believe in the God of the Bible. The, the demons did not accept God. They rebelled against God, didn't they? Right? So just because they believe that doesn't mean, oh, they're going to be in heaven one day. You could have the right belief, but if you don't put your faith, if you don't put your trust in, and a lot of people, 56%, do you think 56% of America has put their faith in God? They may believe in Him, and they may think that that's enough to get me to heaven, but guess what? It's not. I've got to actually put my trust in Him. I've got to give my life, just like the person drowning. They may believe that there's a lifeguard watching there, but if they don't surrender to the lifeguard, guess what's going to happen? They're going to drown. Let me just say this. Since you can't make it, none of us can make it on our own. God, that's why we celebrate Christmas, because God sent His Son to die for us. Yes, He came as a baby, uh, but ultimately His purpose was to pay for our sin and create a way to heaven. Amen? I wanted to read Romans 3, 23 and 24 out of the message. I read the other uh, minute ago. He says, since we've compiled this long and sorry record as sinners, right? Don't you like how sometimes it words that? Anybody got a sorry list of sins, you know, and it's long. It's like, oh, yeah, I was sorry. And uh, both us and them and prove that we are utterly incapable of living the glorious life God wills for us. God did this for us. Check it out. Out of sheer generosity, he put us in right standing with himself. It is a pure gift. How many of you know Jesus is our gift? A pure gift. He got us out of the mess that we're in, restored us to where he's always wanted us to be, and he did it by means of Jesus Christ. Amen? Isn't that good news? That's what we should be celebrating. Many people celebrate Christmas every year, but they have never unwrapped the greatest gift of all, and that's God's glory. Amen. That is the Son of God. That's accepting Him into our life as our Savior. Not just believing in God. You, I, I'm assuming everybody in here believes God. I don't know where everybody's relationship is with God, but I want to tell you, this Christmas, God wants you to have His Son. Amen. He wants you to receive him, not just believing, but begin to put your faith, surrendering your life to him and saying, God, I'm thankful for all the fun stuff at Christmas, but Lord, I need you. Amen. I need you more than anything else because all of the other gifts, how many of you know throughout the year, they're probably going to end up on the trash pile, thrown up, broken or something, right? But the gift of Jesus Christ never goes away. Amen. Will take us from this life into the next life without ever worrying and walking in condemnation ever again. No longer having to pay. So can I have everybody stand where you're at, obviously? Sometimes I say the silliest thing, so. I didn't say if you're here, because you're obviously here. But in seriousness, listen, again, I don't know where you're at. I'm not going to make anybody come forward or anything like that. But if you're here today and you say, you know what, if, if this were the last day that I spent on this earth, I don't know where I would spend eternity. I don't know where I would go. I hope I'd go to heaven. I'd hope I'd land on this other. But, but guess what? doesn't matter how good or bad you've been. If you don't receive Christ, the Bible says that we have to believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. So if that's you, can I just have everybody close your eyes, bow your head? 
I want to give you that opportunity here today. If you say, Pastor, I want to make a fresh start with him. Maybe you've done it before in the past, but you said, today, I want to make sure that I have Christ. I have that greatest gift. Just raise your hand, and then you can put it down. Thank you. Thank you. Say several hands. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you for your mercy. Lord, your mercy is not giving us what we deserve. Lord, we know what we deserve, but Lord, you chose to be merciful, and your grace is giving us what we don't deserve, and that is Jesus. That is be able to be in right standing with you. So Lord, as we stand here today, Christmas Eve, the day before we celebrate your coming, Lord, we want to surrender our heart to you. And if you raised your hand, and even if you didn't, can I just have a, let's all repeat this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for sending your son Jesus to come to this earth and pay for my sin. You died on the cross, and I believe you rose again, and you're coming again. And so today, Lord, I give you my heart, no longer just a belief, but today I put my faith and my trust in you. Thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. 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 If you said that and you meant it from your heart, how many of you know you don't have to jump any hoops or hurdles? Your name is written in the book of life. Amen. That means you are forgiven, no longer carrying guilt or shame or any of that. And I want to encourage you to walk in that from this day forward, your relationship. Listen, if if you're not a part of a church and you're here visiting today, uh, we'd love to have you back. But if you're visiting from somewhere too far to drive, uh, let me just encourage you, get connected somewhere. That's so important to be around a bunch of other believers. and, And we grow best together than separate. Amen? Amen. 